It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast pace, white knuckle racing. Just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Open seven days a week. Indoors, rain, shine, sunshine, snow. Snow, yeah. Do we have snow? I, I don't, I for, with all the heat we've had lately, I've forgotten what that snow's like. Well, if it stays in the ground, maybe we won't have snow next year, but I'm not seeing that happen. <laughs> I walked outside today, just barefoot as I do some days, and was going down to the curb. And for it not being, uh, we recorded on, on uh, Wednesday evening, and, and really it wasn't that sunny of a day up here in, in Omaha and Council Bluffs, but the concrete was just radiating incredible heat. Well, the sun has been so bright for the last couple of days. I mean, even uh, Monday, it was only, uh, I think high was 82, but the concrete was radiating heat just because yeah. the sun was so bright. Yeah. Big show lined up for you guys today. Uh, no interview. We're going to take a, a week off of doing the interviews. We're just going to do some conversations about some of the news and notes, headlines, local and national, and then we're going to recap the race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Talk a little bit about the redesign, repave. Is it ready? Is it time? Too early? Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll get you guys set for this uh, this coming Sunday's race. So, Dirk, I wanted to kick things off talking about the Tanner Peltzer Memorial Race at Booney. Booney, my God, <laughs> Boone County Raceway. Guys, it's not going to get much better than this. I'm not even drinking this show, so it, it might actually get worse. And that might be the reason for the mistakes. But uh, what a huge race. Dirk, I don't know how much you followed this uh, over the weekend and on Sunday night, but it, it kind of felt like it turned into a perfect storm of great payout. No racing on Friday and Saturday throughout most of the Midwest and thus creating a huge crowd at Boone County Raceway. Well, a lot of it had to do, you know, with the memorial part of it. Everybody liked the guy. Yeah. You know, so uh, a lot of fans, a lot of friends. I think if they would have raced any everywhere, you know, like normal on uh, Friday and Saturday, if guys didn't tear up their cars and could make it, they were going to be there. Yeah. I hope I really that's true. Do. I hope and that's true. I think, And you may very well be right. With the turnout, I would not be surprised to see it turn into a memorial or an annual memorial yeah. race, you know, like the Clark or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a great race. Just three classes were racing stock cars, hobby stocks, and the uh, Malvern bank, super light models. Unfortunately, it turned into a little bit of a caution fest as far as the feature went. And there was a couple of rollovers in the heat races. I know I watched Kyle van over rollover all by himself. And his stock car has a ton of movement in it. And Dirk, you know this, and a lot of fans that listen, I'm not very, I'm not great with all the technical aspects as far as what makes a car do what, but I can recognize when a, a stock car is lifting that left front up that they probably should have gone for maybe a stiffer spring. Uh, and Kyle's car just seemed to roll over a little bit more, roll into the corner, and then it just dug into that ground and rolled right over and, and took a pretty violent roll. Yeah, it. A lot of guys, though, they've got to get the car to do that to make the chassis work. For a long time, um, back in the 90s, that was huge in late models. Yeah. I mean, I know there's film out there. You can go look at some Bush All-Star Tour races. There would be 10 or 12 cars in the feature that would uh, pick the left front up, 
and some of them would carry it literally all the way around the track. The left front tire did not touch at some never track. Touched. <laughs> yeah. Never touched. And, but these guys would pick that tire up a foot and a half, two foot off the ground. Yeah. I mean, they had, uh, guys were making weird spacers for their carburetors. So their carburetor, when the tire was up, the carburetor would be level. Kyle Burke was one of the, the biggest. Hmm. Um, and, uh, there were a few chassis makers that came out and they were just real popular for a couple of years. And then they went away. Uh, guys figured out that it's, it's definitely faster to have four tires on the ground if they're all four doing so. Yeah. Great race there. It's, it's really unfortunate. One thing I kind of wanted to touch on with that. I've had some uh, conversations with James Roland of Roland race news that um, it was really kind of discouraging to see all of the, the, the haters on Facebook. Uh, I think Boone County raceway, like I said, I think they were taken off guard just a little bit that this race was going to be a well-attended race. And then all of a sudden they went from, I think the stock car was supposed to pay somewhere around like 24, 2700 to win. I think it ended at like five grand to win $5,011 to win. Uh, I think the influx in purse money that week of brought in more drivers than they were expecting. So the track conditions weren't ideal. And then all of the fans that didn't get to see racing again, like I talked about at the top of the show, I just think that it turned out to be uh, a perfect storm. I definitely would have gone had I not been working that night, but, uh, and, and apparently they ran out of, uh, of food at the concession stand pretty early. So the haters took to Facebook and just started doing what, what, what they do best. And, and what unfortunately seems like we just do such a great job of, of tearing our own sport down and, trashing drivers you know you're watching it on flow racing and, and you feel like that driver got a little bit a uh, little bit too free and and, and ran into somebody so you got to take the facebook and talk about how big of a pos driver they are and and i was i was watching one conversation go on about jesse sobbing and i i got to thinking there's it, it really is a double standard some drivers well that's just rubbing that's racing that's just what you got to do to get the position other drivers he's just a total pos and I fall into the category of all drivers get to get that first category of Rubens racing. You got to lean on somebody that sucks. I sure as heck hope they don't wreck, but it, it, why, why take the Facebook and just, and destroy them like that? It just well, doesn't make any sense to me. The worst part of it is 90% of those clowns that are making all those comments have never got behind the wheel of a damn race car. Yeah. This one, I do like the guy that was making the conversation. And again, just to not cause a bunch of things, I'm not going to call him out on it. I I'm, and he is a racer, but I did like how somebody jumped on there and said, you're sitting at home on Facebook while he's out there racing. <laughs> and I thought, well, well okay. and see, that's, that's half the problem. And I mean, it's that way anywhere in life, but it, it's even more so since there's social media and, you know, and the platform to do it, but people have to try and tear down somebody else because they're miserable with their own damn life. Yeah. That was something I was wanting to ask you as I was sitting there Sunday night, watching all this stuff unfold. Was it like this in newspapers? Was it, I mean, no, back in the you sunset had a, you days? Had a writer. You had a writer reporting facts. Yeah. And that's all he did. You know, Bob Kaziski took the lead on lap two and they threw the checkered flag. <laughs> that's just how the article was. You know, Bob Kaziski won his sixth feature in a row. Now there's a bounty on it. You know, guys um, sitting around the bars at, at Sunset Speedway at the at the uh, the restaurant after the races was, was were they was this conversation going on and we've forgotten about it or did it never happen because it was just more of a polite time back then? 
Oh, it happened, you know, especially if there was some controversy, if there was some rubbing that, you know, happened on the last lap and, you know, somebody got a tire cut down. So they went from the lead to eighth place. You know, there was always that going on. Heck, mm-hmm. there were fist fights in the, in the pits and afterwards, you know, that stuff's never going to change. It's calmed down a lot just because sponsors, sponsors now are a lot bigger than they were then, you know, the, well, it's not necessarily more important, but you've got just more people willing to step up, you know, whether it's put a few hundred dollars behind some guy's car, buy him a set of tires, um, whatever, you know, you got sponsors that are paying three, four, five hundred $500 to be on a car and you got others paying five grand to be on a car, mm-hmm. you know? If you've got two or three sponsors giving you five grand, you can't go over and punch another driver in the nose after the race. You just can't afford to. You know, you can't give that bad PR. I mean, all Kyle, all Kyle Larson did was say a word and look, yeah. look what happened to his career. Uh, I think a lot of people would, would say that it worked out pretty good for him. Well, it did, but he had to go through a tough road. The, 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 the whole thing should have never happened. If social media hadn't been around, it wouldn't have. Nobody would have been listening to the guy, you know, say something like that, that he thought he was saying, you know, tongue in cheek type of deal. And he didn't mean anything about it. I mean, that guy's, you know, a mixed breed person. Yeah. And and I completely agree with you that just you and I don't know, Kyle, we've bumped into him in victory lane. We've had a couple of interviews with him. Uh, His kid tried to eat our microphone. Uh, that was but, one of our best times right i wish yeah uh i wish i would have saved if i knew which cover that was because i'd take it to him and get it autographed and, and then that would be a great prize for the pickens contest but um but uh but you just watch kyle and you know he didn't mean anything by it but in today's society again it social media blew this thing up and unfortunately it happened at a very very bad time Exactly. I mean, there's, Absolutely. there's been there's been several times that that in our country, you got to be really, really careful what you say, because it is a charged time, not politically charged. It was a racially charged time. And and everyone was very sensitive about it at that time. It's calmed down quite a bit now. But still, even if if I if Kevin Harvick did it, Kevin Harvick would probably be in just as much trouble because that's just a word you don't use. But my point to that whole thing, I kind of got a little bit sidetracked. There was the intent didn't matter, unfortunately. Kyle, I don't think Kyle had any malicious intent in saying that word. And he lost his ride. He lost his sponsors. He was suspended from NASCAR. He he paid his due. He went and did some training. He reached out to a lot of the community and, and tried to mend some fences. And, and I think he's a better person for it today. I don't know if I could say he's a better driver because he's in much better equipment and equipment that can keep up with him. Now, I never went through, I don't think, the exact type of training or seminar or whatever it is they had Kyle Larson go through. But about, I don't know, my third year, maybe of working the big series is I had to go through a uh, sensitivity training. Mm-hmm. The first couple of years, they didn't have it. Something happened somewhere. And I know exactly what it was, but that's not the point. They started doing sensitivity training, had to do, uh, you know, obviously anything with race, uh, anything sexual. Mm-hmm. It religion. wasn't probably religion. A little bit, but religion, not so much because I mean, you're not seeing a whole lot of Buddhists and stuff like that into the NASCAR world, Mm -hmm. but they were trying to obviously diversify, you know, bring the African-American in to the sport 
and well, that's it, how the but, whole thing came about was but also just trying that. to make it more you know i've had to go through that training too with the radio stations every year we had to sit down and go through an hour-long training session of tina wears oh, a dress to work one day and tim says hey toots looking good is that appropriate and then the yeah. instructor would go that is not an appropriate thing to say yeah well I went through that, except it was an eight-hour deal, not an hour, eight hours. And it was, was it on, not. It was. Tell me, it was on VHS. <laughs> no, we sat right in a, a big conference room. All the officials oh were in there. Oh my god, eight hours of that. Yep, four hours on lunch break, and then four more hours. Oh my god, I complained about the one-hour training we had to do for for that stuff. Anyways, getting a little bit of sidetracked right. here, but great work by Boone County Raceway. Really, really cool event. I hope it's something that comes back is an annual event because that was a great uh, shot in the arm for those guys. I know that them they're doing great things over at Boone County. I had a fantastic time uh, last year when I was able to go over there, and I might run over there again um, one of these days. I, I can't remember if they run on Saturday nights or Friday nights. I think they run on Friday um, nights, don't they? I'm not sure what night Boone County runs out now. That's Albion, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what night they run. I'll have to look at that. It's so, it's, it's so bad because it's just like I have no – no perception of what happens outside of Fridays and Saturdays at I-80 and Eagle. Which reminds me, I'm going to be a guest employee at Eagle this Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. Fun. What are you doing? We're going to gate. Oh, okay. Racing sent me a message yesterday as I was on my way down to Kansas City. Need a back gate guy for Saturday. I said, I'm in, 4 o'clock. She said, yep, okay. <laughs> looks like that they're Friday the nights, by the way. Huh? Uh, looks like they're Friday nights, by the way. And they've got a race coming up this Friday. They kept talking about it during the broadcast on Flow Racing, the Alan Rasmussen Tribute Race. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, the link to pull up so I can get you guys more information on that, but their website is not working very well for me. So if they're Friday Night Racing, I want to go over there and, and watch another night of racing. I had a great time watching that. Uh, Actually, it's, been, it's been since the 90s since I was at Albion. Are you going to be back on Friday? Uh, yeah, I'm driving back Friday morning. I came down for a, a midweek getaway, figuring there'd be less people. Okay. And I visited uh, the casino. I've been here over 24 hours. I've been to the casino and did not bet a dime. So everybody's proud of me. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> Are you feeling My life's okay? changing around. I got a new kidney <laughs> and I just found out Monday that I'm so much better than I thought I was even doing that the twice a month doctor visits for the first six months um, in May after one month went to what was going to be once a month. And after one of those, five weeks later that I just had Monday. Uh, I don't go back and see the doctor until October 25th. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I about fell out of the chair when oh, we're going to see you again. I went, what? I still got to do my once a week blood tests, you know, and uh, I got one deal on there that just on a roller coaster. But uh, once they get that figured out, then I'm sure I'll probably go to once a month blood tests and, and get up to Ryan Holt status and go once a year. There you go. So, yeah, I'm very pleased and uh, I'm off of physical restriction. So now I can lift 40 pound bags of cat food again and oh, uh, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's about all I can lift anymore. Anyway, the days of lifting small block Chevys and moving them around are gone. Yeah. All right. So here's <laughs> the details on Boone County Raceway this Friday, the Allen Rasmussen tribute fan appreciation night. They're going to be honoring Allen Rasmussen as well as saying thanks to all the fans for the support over the last year with Fan Appreciation Night, late models, stock cars, sport mods, hobby stocks, and stock cars, uh, excuse me, no stock cars. Yeah, late models, stock cars, sport mods, hobby stocks, uh, $5 for adult admission. Man, that sounds like a perfect day to get over there. 
<laughs> I think I might have to get up there. Five bucks, I'm sold. Yeah, well, and it only costs you twenty dollars in gas to get right. there. Right. So, so you'll have a forty-five dollar ticket. I'll take Sarah's car. So it only costs me fifteen dollars to get there. <laughs> I don't need to freak, take the front stretch mobile. Yeah, then it'll take. Then you got to take another five dollars though to get Sarah in. Uh, no, she says she's got a uh, her sister's uh, baby shower is on Saturday, so she's she said nope, you're uh, you're on your own. In fact, if you would leave the house and get out of my hair, then that'd make things a little bit easier for me. And I said, well, okay. <laughs> uh, it's my some, honor. Got some sad news earlier on Wednesday that Caleb Couch, who races sprint cars throughout the area, passed away after a uh, uh, pretty bad accident on uh, Saturday night. Uh, apparently he is the son of Basswell assistant football coach. Um, so his dad is named is Brandon and Brandon tweeted out, uh, according to uh, a tweet from Brandon couch, uh, Caleb's father said Caleb was involved in a crash during a competitive sprint car race on Saturday night in the tweet. Brandon said his son's car became engulfed in flames and rescuers were un- unable to extract him. He added that his son has been in intensive care with third degree burns over 60% of his body. Apparently he was involved in an accident uh, in Greenville and he succumbed to his injuries on Tuesday night and they confirmed it earlier on Wednesday. So definitely thoughts and prayers needed with that family. It's one of the saddest things in this world is when a father has to bury their son, their son or a parent has to bury their child. Yeah. It's uh, very similar um, to what happened with Dwight Rick at, uh, Crawford County Speedway in 2000, I believe. Yeah. But uh, having been at that race and the follow-up the next couple of days, what basically happens when the human body gets in the flames like that, um, literally your organs get cooked and shut down. Yeah. And that's what happens. I mean, plain and simple. It, you know, obviously it's got to be a terrible way to go. I'm, I'm guessing that he had enough morphine and stuff in his system. He probably didn't feel anything his last three days or two days, whatever. You could only but, hope. But, so uh, yeah. send your thoughts terrible. and prayers out to the Couch family, their fans. Uh, there is a fundraiser going on to help pay for some of the medical costs. Uh, when we looked at it Wednesday night at about 530, they were just uh, at about 24. Uh, 7,000 of the $30,000 goal. So um, if you want to contribute to that, we will uh, gladly share that out and you guys could do so. Let's talk a little bit of NASCAR news. Uh, do you want to recap Atlanta or do you want to talk about headlines uh, to start things off? Well, my recap of Atlanta, since I didn't have any power, is pretty much non-existent. <laughs> Same here. Uh, ours came, well, I guess ours came back on that day, but I was busy cleaning up the yard, trying to get things recovered a little bit. Did you guys have any damage? No, we don't have a tree in our yard. A lot of people don't have trees in their yards anymore. Yeah, but we just got power back about three o'clock yesterday afternoon. I was just about here in Kansas City when my mom called. Oh, and on on, uh, Tuesday, you finally got power back? Yeah. Wow. My brother still doesn't have it back as of last night. I don't know if he got it back today or not. It's it's insane the amount of people that are without power. And and God bless, I saw some OPPD people uh, in and out of convenience stores yesterday and I, I tried i gave him a high five and said you know because they just just look beat up i mean they've been working their tails off since saturday morning at about 1 a.m when the storm cleared out and they were getting reports of what i see 60 or seventy thousand omaha customers without power uh i saw the number as high as two hundred thousand. i can believe that i don't know what all that covered mm-hmm. how far how far that went but that was just a crazy yeah, storm I, I, 
I don't know if that was just a total of people that were out. So that meant like Douglas County, Sarpy County, you know, maybe Washington County, Blair, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much that covered. I just heard 200,000 people. So Atlanta, I got a real kick out of Atlanta because I saw an article that Kyle Bush basically blasts Atlanta Motor Speedway for their uh, reconfiguration. Now, in case you don't know, and I don't know if they talked about it on the broadcast on on Sunday, but Atlanta Motor Speedway is going to be tearing up their racetrack and they're going to be laying down a new surface. They're also adding four additional degrees of banking in the corners where it was 24 degrees banking. Now it's going to be 28 degrees banking. And Kyle Busch on Saturday at Atlanta looked over at, let me get the quote just right. In closing, a blistering news conference Saturday night after winning at Atlanta, Bush asked Speedway Motors executive Don Hawk for a chunk of the real asphalt so he could cherish what a real Atlanta is like and one of several digs that he took at management. I'm sure glad to win the final Xfinity Series race on a real Atlanta racetrack, said Kyle Busch. Well, the interesting part about that is Kyle Busch never ran on the real Atlanta racetrack. Atlanta <laughs> used to be a pure old, uh, a true oval. They went it, to the dog leg front and everything in about 2001 or two, mm-hmm. you know, to where it looks like Texas or Charlotte. It was literally a one mile high banked oval, like a, like Dover. Yeah. That's Joe Kaziski. Joe Kaziski raced there. Oh, did he? Oh yeah. I knew he raced at Daytona. I didn't know he ever got to race at Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. He raced Atlanta too. The mid eighties. Um, now Kyle's comments kind of make me seem like he's talking about the repave a little bit because he yeah, talks oh, about the exactly, asphalt. It's exactly what he's talking about because the track, the way it is to now, now and the way it was this, you know, for this last race, it took a driver. Mm-hmm. You well, know. And, and I thought it was awfully funny that, that, that not just him, but a couple of drivers were very frustrated that Atlanta Motor Speedways decided to repave. And then they had to throw the red flag for a while there during the middle of the race because the track was coming up. And they had to patch a hole in the track because it's so worn out. No, they didn't patch a hole because it was worn out. They patched a hole because it was breaking up that day. I've been to races. I worked a race in Martinsville in 2004. Uh, Rusty Wallace's last win where a big big chunk came up the track right in the middle of the turn, right in the middle of turn three, mm-hmm. put a big old hole in the front of Jeff Gordon's car. And uh, yeah, we were red for, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours, stand out there and and three-layer fire suit, and 95-degree weather. It wasn't fun, yeah. you know, but it's it's happened before. I want to say, where did it happen just a couple of years ago? Was it Delaware? But I don't think it was during the race. I think it was during practice. Somewhere uh, else. Indy, right? Didn't it come up at Indy or? I don't remember Indy. No, it was Daytona. I think it came up during the, the, the July race in Daytona. There was a hole. That could have been. That might be it. I just they... know that during the last couple of years, there was another spot where a track broke up. And... Yeah. It, it's, it. it stinks that they have to repave Atlanta because all the drivers love how much it wears on the tires. It, it destroys, it wears away the tires so quickly that you really have to learn tire management, car management, uh, discipline. It, it adds a degree to it, but it's time. Am I, am I crazy to say that, that it, it just gets to now it's time to repave Atlanta. It might've been time 10 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's technically ever time, you know. If the, if the surface is coming, if, they if it's coming up, though. Let them race and just, you know, changed it. Yeah. Um, 
and it's it's gonna stink because I, I don't think the racing in Atlanta is gonna be very good for what two three years. Is kind of kind of what we see at other racetracks when they do a repave. You got a whole new car coming out. Anybody's guess what's going to happen at Atlanta next year? <laughs> that's, that's I forgot all about that car again. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's to to say that now is very premature, not knowing what this new car is going to race like. So yeah. you know, and that might be the reason they decided to do it now. Did you hear Kyle Larson's got a home for the next two years? Yes, I did. Uh, I did get a little bit onto uh, Facebook earlier and uh, and saw that, which I totally expect. And to be honest with you, I expected a longer contract. Yeah, but, and I had some people say that, you know, all right, there was somebody that commented on the NASCAR post about Kyle signing an ex- extension for a multi-year deal through the 2023 season. And they said, wish you would have signed for longer. And my comment back to them was, I'm sure Hendrick and Kyle would have signed for longer, but there's more pieces that have to fall into place before they can do that. And that big word out there, sponsorship. My- well, I was going to say, yes, that's important. But if he finishes this year off, um, you know, I, I, I don't think he has to win the title, but I think he has to be in the final four with the years he's, he's had. If he goes out in the first round or something like that, then the year was a fluke. Yeah, I don't think he can go out in the first round, honestly. I think he's got enough bonus points that he could. If he goes out and, well, you know. He's had a really good habit years. of, he, he's had a really good habit of finding his way out of rounds really quickly. You know, uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't see him. Uh, no way he doesn't make the final eight. Let's put it that way. I agree. And I think if he makes the final four, I think his sponsors are more than secure for, you know, the near future. And especially if he does it again next year. I mean, if he turns into a, a Jimmy Johnson type of run, whether he's winning titles or just getting to the final four every year, he's not going to have any sponsor issues. Yeah. He is still kind of having sponsor issues. Uh, HendrickCars.com has been the primary sponsor on that. And and again, you know, you could argue, well, that's a sponsor that's on the car. Well, it's it's a Hendrick sponsor. So it's it's like Haas Automation sponsor in the 41 for quite a few races when they launched that car. It's it's an internal sponsorship that there may or may not be money exchanged between the business and the race operation or whatever. But uh, we're not seeing Tide on the side of that car. We're not seeing Verizon on the side of that car. We're seeing a, a Hendrick internal Rick did make a comment about two or so months ago when Kyle first began this, his hot streak, and maybe it was less than that, maybe it was about a month ago, that they have been contacted about sponsorships. And so it takes quite a while to get these things laid in. It's, it's not like, hey, you want to sponsor us this coming Sunday at New Hampshire? Cool, you can be on the side of the five car. Uh, write us a, a two and a half million dollar check. Believe me, there are plenty of sponsors that work out that way, especially for these smaller teams. Yes, take the smaller sometime. teams, absolutely. Take take note sometime that you'll see, uh, you know, uh, you know, look at the David Starr stuff that we've been privy to. You know, he just signs up somebody for a couple of grand and then has them on his pit crew. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah you'll you see a lot of cars, a lot of trucks where they come into a, a town and all of a sudden they've got a sponsor from a hotel because yeah. they got their rooms for free. Yeah, I guess I was talking more about the bigger teams. You know, somebody like a large, you know, a Hendrick Motorsports, a Joe Gibbs Racing, they think things take a little bit longer because they want it to be a more integrated sponsorship to where it's, it's not just a sticker on the side of the car or a really big sticker on the side of the car. It's the fire suit, it's hats, it's sponsor opportunities at the racetrack. It's there's a lot more that gets involved in that. But there's, um, but, I, but that's, a, that's a bigger corporation. That's what I'm and, saying. Uh, I, I, you know, 
he said, Rick said that there is sponsorship interest. I just think it's going to take a little while. And, and maybe we're going to find out in the coming months that, that, you know, Kyle's got a new full-time sponsor for next year. As of this, uh, this, this article says that Kyle has signed through the 2023 season as a part of the agreement. Hendrickcars.com will sponsor Larson in all non NASCAR events that he competes in. Uh, oh, I didn't even read that part. So if he goes and races in a sprint car, he's got Hendrickcars.com on the side of it. Yeah, but to what extent? I bet there's something in the fine print. I mean, it might be, you know, a $3,000, $5,000 deal. Hendrickcars.com is going to have advertising. So I'm sure there's money changing hands, even though it's all under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, you know, a legitimate check going from Hendrickcars.com to, you know, Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah. You know, you got to have a paper trail these days. You can't, oh, yeah, we did it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. you better prove you can do it. I, you know, and, you know uh, funny you say that. I don't know if it's a story I should tell, but one night we were sitting at the racetrack. I want to say it was a bigger race. And Joe Kaziski comes in just for the driver's meeting and says, hey, Lisa, I'm going to put an extra $2,000 onto the purse for tonight. And Lisa looks at him and goes, okay, where's this money coming from? And Joe <laughs> said, uh, well, Kaziski Auto Parts will sponsor it. And Lisa said, okay, I'll put in the paperwork and you'll get me a check on Monday, right? <laughs> Joe turns around and goes, it's, it'll be on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> so even on that level, absolutely. There is, even though Kaziski's own I-80 Speedway, Kaziski Auto Parts sponsors some stuff at I-80 Speedway, there's still money exchanged. Hey, I mean, that track, well, they've got a race coming up that's going to have over a half million dollar purse. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, well, it's not one race, but a, a week of racing that's going to have over, what did you say, 600,000. Uh, um, yeah, it, it, it could be. It could be upwards north of 640000 Okay. Um, I'm willing to bet, you know, I'm not a math wizard and I don't see their books, but their, their total purse for the year has got to be over a million bucks. Easy. Mm, yeah, I think so. If they got that, two NAS- that NASCAR weekly purse is pretty damn good. I know it's good. You know, that's what I'm saying. So if you got a business that's, you know, paying out over a million dollars, you know, there damn well got to be a paper trail. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's not a company that the IRS is just going to skim over. <laughs> that's true. You know, I'm sure that I'm sure IED's book bookkeepers earn their money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Kyle Bush, or excuse me, uh, Chase Elliott ran some USAC midgets this week, raced on Tuesday and Wednesday. He's going to be racing. I believe this is, did I see this right? That this is the season finale or this, uh, the, 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 sorry. Yeah, for SRX at Nashville. Yep, yep. He's going to be racing there, and he's got a special paint scheme coming on his car with his Napa stuff. And isn't his dad racing too? So it's they're going to be up. Uh, they're going to be up against each other racing. I don't know what his dad's been doing in that series. <laughs> he just should have stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> should have just stayed retired. <laughs> um, I've been impressed with Haley Deegan in there. Yeah. Um. She's but. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with that girl. I hope I hope that she goes somewhere in this sport because she's got I think she's got the talent level. But I, more than that, I think she's got the marketability that we need for somebody like her. She's she's just so clean and plain spoken. And and uh, and and she kind of I think she makes up some of the areas that Danica kind of lacked in. I don't think Danica well, was very good with the media. Uh and, and a little bit brash with, with fans at times. I think Haley's the, the complete opposite of that. Haley Deegan grew up with it, with her dad being yeah. uh, in the extreme sports. And, you know, she was a little kid, you know, 
dad's holding her and not necessarily victory lane, but you know, wherever they had their winning deal. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so she grew up around, it's kind of like Chase Elliott, you know, Dale jr. They all grew up with that stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think right now, I think she's great for the sport. I just wish she'd get a little better luck. You know, I wish she maybe could have signed like in the truck series with a little better team, a little better equipment. I hope she can win a truck race at least, you know, and start climbing the ladder. Cause I definitely think, like you said, she's definitely marketability. Yeah. Marketable. Mm-hmm. And there'll be some sponsor dollars lining up to get behind her. All right. So Matt DiBenedetto, what's going on with Matt in 2022? We know that he's not going to be driving the 21. Well, we're pretty sure he's not going to be driving the 21 for Wood Brothers Racing because right now that's Austin Sendrick's ride for 2022. Uh, Matt gave an update after the race at Atlanta and said there is no conversations as of yet with Wood Brothers about any kind of uh, 2022 plans. And that's pretty unfortunate. I think Matt's a, a great person in this sport uh, that and, and a talented driver, too. But uh, it's it's just going to be tough for him to find a ride. I personally, I just don't believe that. I don't believe there hasn't been conversation because obviously all that everything's going to fall once Brad Kozlowski's deal is announced. That's when whatever's going to happen at Wood Brothers. And I'm still going to stick by my thought that Cedric Austin will just go straight over to Penske and Matty D will stay right where he's at. Yeah. So once they announce Brad Kozlowski's going to uh, Roush Fenway Racing, they'll move Austin into the two and Matt will stay in the 21. And, and you might even you might see Joey Logano move into the two and see Austin Cedric move into the 22. Mm, I think, the, I think, the, I, think the, I think Joey oh, stays in the 22. I got no problem with that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying that the two is kind of the flagship car for Penske. Cause that mm-hmm. was his first number. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that technically he's supposedly putting the best drivers in. Yeah. Um, and maybe you'll see Ryan Blaney move over there and Cedric Austin take over the 12, you know, Austin Cedric. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need a beer, Dan? <laughs> I'll pull the Dan. <laughs> All right, that's enough uh, news and headlines. Let's talk. Let's talk Atlanta results. Uh, Kyle Kurt Busch ends up getting the win after, gosh darn it, that Ross Chastain uh, just stole the win. Couldn't wouldn't let Kyle Busch get by. How dare he? And Kyle had to settle for second. I, well, th- this seems to be an, an issue that has popped up. I've seen it pop up at Eagle at I eighty, and now it's popping up on the national level. Happens every once in a while. Listen, lap traffic is one thing. Ross Chastain was not lap traffic until Kurt got around him. Ross Chastain has every right to race. And in my opinion, the onus is on Kyle to get around that 42 car or to get around any of the cars he's trying to put a lap down. Uh, In case you didn't see it, uh, Dirk, uh, Kyle was leading the race pretty handedly and he could not get around the 42. That allowed the one of Kurt Busch to close in. And eventually Kurt was able to get by Kyle and Ross and get the win. Yeah, and well, Kyle was no all sorts Newman, of frustrated. No neck Newman's become famous, right? For this, yeah. you know. So Ross did nothing wrong. Absolutely, I completely agree. You know, and Kyle Busch needs to just man up and say, "I didn't have a good enough car to run a different line." He did a little bit. He he said he didn't have enough front end grip to be able to get around the forty two, but that was after he called the forty two a uh, or he called Ross uh, a pos. Exact words. Uh, it's a, I think that just goes to show you what kind of a POS he is. Like, I, I mean, I just, I'll never understand drivers that expect you to, that 
that expect for people to pull over and let them go by. And, and, and I don't know if, if, if there was any teammate orders involved in that, but if I'm Ross Chastain, whoever's in second place, I'm going to fight my tail off to stay on the lead lap. It Absolutely. Just so to be my teammate. And it worked out perfectly for my teammate that I stayed on the lead lap and he won the race. Yeah. And you got to remember Ross is still auditioning for a job for next year. Right. You know, his team's gone technically. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's still driving to prove that he's got the nuts to, to stay up in cup. And he does. He's definitely more talented than a lot of guys up there driving. Yeah, I you agree. Know. And I got to correct myself. Ross did end up a lap down eventually. Well, yeah, because because uh, but he wasn't at that time. Right. He wasn't a lap down until Kurt got by. Right. Right. After Kurt was the leader. So Kurt gets the win. Kyle comes home second. Uh, Martin Trex Jr. in third. Alex Bowman in fourth. Ryan Blaney fifth. Tyler Reddick, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, Matt Benedetto, and Brad Keselowski round out your top ten. I ended up taking Kyle Busch. Uh, who did you take for Sunday? I had taken Denny Hamlin and got hit with a pit road penalty right at the end of the race. Finished 13th. Yep. Third in stage That's one, fifth in stage two. 38 points on the day. And I still lost three spots in the contest <laughs> with 38 points. Wow. I imagine there was quite a few. Let's see, where did Larson finished 18, 31 points? He's been a very popular pick lately, so it wasn't him that got by. Maybe it was Truex or or it had to have been Kyle Busch picks. I'll look. I can look through and see who picked who. Oh, I'm sure it was Kyle Busch picks and probably some Kurt Busch picks because Kurt won. You know, Kurt had over 50 points. Wasn't he on the poll? Kurt Busch? No, he started eighth. Uh, yeah. Looks like Chase Elliott started on the pole. Yeah, no, Bush was, uh, like I said, I was going to say fourth or fifth row. I couldn't remember. He just said eighth. But, uh, you know, he had over 50 points. And I'm sure that, you know, he's had some, you know, success at Atlanta. So there were probably enough people that took him. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure people now after 21, what, 21 races, I think, I'm sure people are starting to run out of picks, you know, for your Larsons and uh, yeah. Chase Elliott, Martin Truex. You know, like I'm, I'm sitting in the boat of I've got two picks of Larson and, and uh, like Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott. So while I wanted to take them Sunday at Atlanta, I thought now I need to save some of these guys for the postseason, you know, for when I make it in. In, in the next 10 years. So. Yeah, I'm going to I pause there for laughter uh, for those listening. But uh, to follow up on that, Kyle Busch got 12, 12 people picked Kyle Busch on Sunday. And that was uh, the most picked driver. Uh, only three people took Kurt Busch. Six people took Denny Hamlin, including, uh, like Dirk said, he took him. So Yeah, and that was my first use of Hamlin all year. So oh, was it? He yeah. just hasn't – he's – again, looking at what he did last year, It's it's been a little bit slow for him this year. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, he's – what is he actually second in the points right now, I think? Mm. Denny is the official points leader by 10 points mm-hmm. over Kyle Larson. All right, so he's back in front. Yeah. yeah. And that 10 points probably just came at this race. That's just crazy to think that Kyle has four wins on the year, but is still 10 points behind Denny Hamlin, who has <laughs> who has no wins on the year. But Denny's been uh, winning stages quite a bit, getting those bonus points. But anyways, we're getting a little bit sidetracked. All right. Sunday at New Hampshire. Looks like Kyle Busch is going to start on the pole with his teammate Martin Truex Jr. to his outside. Elliot, Kurt Busch, second row. Bowman Hamlin, third row. Blaney uh, Reddick fourth row and Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson uh, fifth row. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Anything we need to cover? Anything you can think of? Not right off the top of my head. All right. You I think that's going to do, do it for us today. Uh, don't forget the multi-day passes are available for the Silver Dollar Nationals and the I-80 Nationals. 
I do need to correct myself just a little bit there. The Albelt Custom Homes I-80 Nationals kicks off on Tuesday and goes Wednesday and Thursday with 3,000 to win for the Bragg Late Models on Tuesday and Wednesday, 7,000 to win for the Lucas Oil Late Models on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday, it's 30,000 to win for the Lucas Oil Late Models and $2,424 for the Don Moore Tribute Race uh, on Thursday for the, again, Albelt Custom Homes IED Nationals. Then the Silver Dollar Nationals presented by Imperial Tile kickoff on Friday. That's Lucas Oil Late Model qualifying for Saturday and non-sanctioned modifieds racing for, I think, 3,000 to win also that night and then come back on Saturday. Obviously, Lucas Oil Late Model's last chance qualifiers and then the final feature, $53,000 to win that race. And then the modifieds also pay 3,000 to win again on Saturday. Uh, we do know that there is a concert in the pits Friday after the races. It's a free concert. You don't have to pay to get into the pits. Just have to pay to get into the races. Saturday morning is the annual cornhole tournament. Last time I-80 posted about it, there was seven teams left to be able to get involved in that. Uh, $21 to get involved. Chance of winning 250 bucks. It's a great time on Saturday, hosted by Doris Truly. And um, I don't play in it because I-, I want somebody else to win. <laughs> I got jokes tonight, I'll, don't I'll I? I'll put the laughter in there. I'll put it Thank in. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's going to do it. Uh, IEDspeedway.com for tickets and information. Uh, get your multi-day passes. Single-day tickets are also available. Get your five-day, four-day, three-day, two-day passes or single-day tickets available. Again, IEDspeedway.com. Those tickets are going to go fast. So make sure you get them, get them right away. I'm seeing a lot of people are, are messaging me. They finally got their tickets to the Silver Dollar Nationals, and they cannot wait. Sunday's race at New Hampshire. Make sure you get your picks in on time for the Rick Havenridge Pickums contest. All picks. Uh, again, just make sure you get them in on time. And, and if you get too close to that green flag, you can always email me to make sure you get it in on time. But all picks are due Sunday by new uh, by 2 p.m. Coverage is on NBCSN, MRN, and Sirius XM. Oh, hey, guess what? I I, I added a new business line. I want to call it maybe maybe a new uh option in my portfolio for uh, tailored computers and repair. I had a, a friend of mine ask me if they could, if I, they would, if I would help them set up their streaming services. So this is literally no joke. They called and canceled Cox, which they were paying $250 a month just for Cox cable. That did not include the internet. That's over three grand a year. I signed them up for YouTube TV, Hulu, Disney plus, and they went and bought two new smart TVs and they will still save money over that three grand throughout the year. Yeah, that's a hell. I mean, that's, I, I don't understand why people still have Cox and dish and direct TV. It literally 60 bucks a month gets you live sports, live TV, DVR up to five different profiles that you can have on your, uh, on your account to where your kids can watch their own profiles. You can profit your, you can share it. It's just, if you want to get more information on this, you want to finally cut the cord, not only will I help you set it up, I will teach you how to use it. Just shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'm glad to be glad to take care of you. But do you still have to have internet? You do still have to have internet. Absolutely. Okay. You don't have to have that fast of internet. It's, what, it's kind of a misconception out there. You don't have to have blazing fast. Now, you can't be a family, a family of five with four different TVs streaming at the same time and have slow internet. But if you're an older family, you've got one TV, you both sit down and watch streaming for an hour or two hours a night, you'll be fine with slower internet. You don't have to worry about having this high-speed internet. 
because that is also another wonderful thing of Cox because I've been actually looking into some stuff recently and uh, uh, I've got the uh, the TV in the house, you know, uh, Cox uh, cable mm-hmm. and I've got my internet through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my internet is only 37 bucks a month with the cable. Yeah. If I drop the cable, it goes to 105 bucks Ooh, for the internet. You could probably fight to get that. I, I pay 82 a month for 10 megabytes a second. And that's, that's def- decent. I mean, that's, that's fa- high speed internet. I think that's the gig. That, that's a step below the gigablast. And, but, but is that with Cox or who is that yes. with? Yeah, that's with Cox. You know, I don't have a, a fast internet because I don't need one. I mean, yeah. my TV streams fine in my bedroom. That's, you know. Yeah. And that's that kind of my point. You don't have to have this blazing fast internet. Like they're going to tell you, you have to have. But so, I just uh, know they didn't try and tell me anything. I just said, uh, if I cut the TV out, what's my internet bill? And that's when they said 105 bucks. And yeah. The, Cause it's, they're, they're, they're giving you a little bit of a bundle discount. Absolutely. Uh, but still, like I said, paying, I pay 82 a month for mine. That's what my internet's been for a couple of years now. And I stream everything. I, I pay 60 bucks a month for my, uh, for my YouTube TV, youtube.tv. So I'm, I'm still far paying less than I was paying with Cox internet and dish TV when I had it. Yep. I've never had the disc or direct or any of that. Just the Cox. If you want to find out more, uh, just shoot me an email tailored to computers and repair at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, message me on the page and I'll be glad to uh, set up an appointment to come over and uh, walk you through everything. Make sure your picks are in on time for the Rick Havenridge pickups contest. Once again, to find out what Rick could do for you, Rick Havenridge advice, Dot com. Again, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to Joe's Carding and Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the Lube Sunday for all of the NASCAR action at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Get there at about 1 o'clock. Get your food ordered. Get set. Get ready to go. Race starts at 2 o'clock. You'll have a great time at Quaker Steak and Lube. And as always, kids eat for just 99 cents with an adult entree on Mondays. Uh, Wednesdays, there are a few bike nights throughout the year, but every Thursday night is classic car cruising. And then Fridays and Saturdays, it's just jam-packed at the best restaurant in town, Quaker Steak and Lube. Big thanks to those guys for their continued support of the front stretch. Dirk, have a great time down in Kansas City. That's the plan. All right, man. Take care, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. All righty. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the front stretch. The biggest event of the year is coming to I-80 Speedway. The 11th annual Imperial Tile Silver Dollar Nationals begins July 20th with five action-packed days of Lucas Oil late model racing. It starts with the Al Bell Custom Homes I-80 Nationals. Then the nation's best late model drivers put it all on the line for over $640,000 in the Imperial Tile Silver Dollar Nationals. One of late model racing's crown jewel events. It doesn't get bigger than this anywhere in the country. Single and multi-day tickets available now at i80speedway.com. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs.
Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information.